The Modern Black Man Podcast. The Modern Black Man Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Modern Black Man. It's been a little while, but I am joined uh, by the amazing and fabulous uh, Sarah Voyard from SV Elite Coaching, uh, someone that's helped me in uh, my points of crises, someone that I know can help you. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to allow you to kind of introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Uh, like Brian mentioned, I'm Sarah Voyard. Happy to be here with all of you. Thanking all of you for listening to this episode because Brian is fantastic and we always have really, really heated but healthy and very necessary topics that we discuss. You can find me on svelitecoaching.com, the same handle on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, SV Elite Coaching. And let's get to it. Man, I'm here to talk about toxic relationships. Have you ever been in a situation with someone who can't find anything good about what you do? Someone that wants to toxify the environment with their negativity, uh, no matter what the conditions dictate the environment should do. They always sprinkle something that's just not conducive for your relationship to being healthy. Um, I want to talk about that. I know that I have a personal experience with someone who I've desperately tried to make my relationship work with. And I'm just not being met with or matched with the right energy. Um, Have you ever had a relationship that was purely toxic? Purely toxic? I would say no. And when I say no, I I mean in the overt terms, right? Like Mm. when we think of toxic, I think the mind naturally goes to like somebody berating you in public, you know, just downing you in front of people, even abusing you. But I think that toxicity can come in very subtle forms. So, for example, when I was married, um, my ex-husband was, I think he developed an inferiority complex. Mm. And so it manifested in other very undesirable behaviors that wouldn't have necessarily been considered toxic by the general onlooker. Mm -hmm. But they were toxic because they were like inhibiting my growth as a person, Mm -hmm. as a wife, as a spiritual being. So I think that uh, is almost like a more subtle way of, of thinking of toxicity. That's one example. Another example was, well, you know of an ex of mine. <laughs> I have a lot of really good yeah, examples. You, we'll you get know, to me in a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you met an ex of mine and, and mm-hmm. he, same thing, you know, overtly very cool you know everybody seemed to love him but there he he was very negative as a person he was very negative sure and since i'm so positive that was a struggle mm-hmm. and he tried he really tried to kind of match or try to get to the level of positivity that i had but it wasn't natural sure so it would go like it would it would further in the direction of positivity but because it wasn't him, mm-hmm. you, there was always the underlying, like, let me throw the little plug in there, you know, to kind yeah. of deflate, you know, any anything positive that might be geared towards that. And the way that that manifested, which was toxic, right, yeah. tying it all in, is in his control. You know, I want to talk about negativity and positivity because women all across the board talk about how annoying, toxic, draining, frustrating it is for a man to be negative. But I've noticed in my current situation 
how negative the woman uh, in, in my life is. Uh, but she's always telling me that I'm negative. And I don't think many people around me would attest to that. Uh, I've actually had a great experiment over the last week. And I've connected with six different women. Um, three of them are new. Three of them are mainstays. And you would be six, so you could tell me if I am negative. Uh, uh, but none of them have confirmed negativity in me. Um, they've all told me that their association with me has always been positive, And they know me as a positive person. And it concerns me because I have someone in my life who's, an, a, what, a one-off telling me that I'm negative. And it really is b- killing me mentally because it's making me feel like, is this the way I'm living my life? I work in a classroom with young people, and I know none of my students would tell me that I'm a negative person. So with that, it's just one of those things where I really quest to to discern and, and, and check myself if I'm falling off of my path that I know is positive. Because this new person is telling me that I am, is it toxic or just negative? I think there's a difference, right? And I mm-hmm. think that there's a difference between being a downer and being negative. And I think mm-hmm. that they're often used confused. interchangeably sure. and confused. So, for instance, I say to you, Brian, why don't we go catch a movie? Mm-hmm. If you're a downer, you might reply with, okay, I guess that's cool. A negative person would say, for what? You know you're not going to enjoy it. You know I don't like going to the movies. We're going to waste $20 that we could spend on something else for what? And then you're going to complain that we don't have enough money to pay rent. I hate those people. <laughs> but notice that there's a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. A downer doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Like use the negative, what we consider to be negative. They're right. not putting down the movie. Right, the movie or whatever you're bringing to them, they're just not overly enthusiastic and would almost come off as if they don't want to participate at all. Sure. But they're not necessarily knocking that a movie might very well be a good idea or enjoyable. Absolutely. A negative person in a relationship is going to make everything that you do or everything that you say is going to make it or turn it twisted. Mm Mm-hmm. One, it's going to misconstrue your words to begin with. Take them completely out of context. Because they, they, they always find a way to change it up on you. To the point where you're just like, wait, is that what I just said? I could have found out what I just said. So this chick is negative. Let's, let's go ahead. A lot of people project that onto other people. And so you have to be... Wow. You have to have the level of emotional intelligence and maturity to be able to pick up on other people that may be projecting their undesirable behaviors onto you yeah absolutely i mean that's been my greatest point of frustration for the last few months it's literally been two months of hell um i've been dealing with this young lady and everything i say is wrong she constantly calls me a liar when i in negative uh when i say things that i don't think she likes and i'm the kind of person I'll beat myself up and I'll really try to fix. And I think she's overextended herself in the sense that she's awakened me. I have an awareness that it's not me 
being those things. It's her kind of, like you say, projecting. Um, and with this level of awareness, I have to call myself to action and I have to do better for myself. I, I, I definitely deserve better and I'm going to move in that direction. With that being said, I really want to I really want to get to a, a, a better place. So I'm just trying to challenge myself to 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 be aware, to challenge myself to dismiss the negativity that's being projected on me and, and move towards something positive. So, I mean, it makes me feel better if you can confirm that I'm not a negative person. I'm absolutely not going to do that. No? I'm not going to do that. Not because it's one way or the other, but because I don't think you need me to do that. You should not need my validation. You should have the ability mm. to sit back, look at fact, yeah. analyze how you behave yeah. in recent instances and throughout your life and come up with that determination. I think that is in and of itself the problem here that you're experiencing. You're right. That you have allowed yeah. other people to become the source of this validation. I mean, for somebody, you know, you've mentioned before that you're a God-fearing man and all that stuff. You know, the scriptures talk about it. Yes, you should have, you should be reputable in the community and all that stuff, but you really should be concerned about what you are bringing into the world, how you're showing up in the world, and what opinion the Lord has of you, right? This is what God-fearing people teach mm -hmm. in the church, right? Mm -hmm. So it should not be, I'm not going to do that. You know in your heart, you know whether you're a negative person or not. Right. And the fact that somebody is adding to that mm -hmm. or taking away from that is the problem. Like that is actually the problem, that you are constantly ceding this power, this level of control to somebody else that in my So it's one of those things where at the end of the day you have to know that within you because you can't go on you know, you can't go through life always seeking this external validation. When I met you, you weren't that guy. And the fact that now you're that guy makes it I've been abused, concerning. Sarah. I've been abused. No, and honestly, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because like I told you earlier, you really do display the same kind of signs as somebody that has been abused. Yeah. Is, is this shit's been I lying mean, to me for almost a year. So you got to remember like, um, what is that? Uh, Oppenheimer? What is the, the, the heist people when you uh, rob a bank? What syndrome is that called? Um, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but anyhow, uh, um, yeah, she's been she's been lying to me for a year, and I've been fighting hard to please her and going against my common sense. So obviously, I'm trying to come out of that haze and uh, get reacclimated to the world of reality. But you've become addicted to the drama. I don't think I'm addicted to the drama. You but clearly are addicted to the drama. Mm. If you've been here month after month you literally just got done saying she's been lying to me for a year yeah. you have it has become a space of comfort for you which yeah. means that you've become addicted to the you're drama right. you're right it is very easy to I think live she's in a abused. like that i can tell she's been abused and it was easier to tell the earlier it was in our relationship because somebody has been berating her and beating her up mentally that that's how she's looking to either seek the revenge or balance it out because that's what happens when you're abused. Yeah. You either uh, um, are the ultimate victim or you become an abuser. You said that yourself. So, I mean... So, what are you going to be? Exactly. I don't want to bring this toxicity into my next relationship because I know that 
at one point I was questing for marriage and love and kids and being in this relationship has really changed me because I don't think I believe in love anymore because I see a person that can't appreciate someone that genuinely laid it all out on the line. Like I, uh, I, I didn't have any ill intentions. Uh, I only came to her to enrich and enhance. I know that our first beginnings were about going to church and I see how this person kind of consumed the situation and how they talk to me to this day. Um, you know, when we text, it's always about me not understanding something or not being on the right page or a fault that I have. And I know that that's not healthy or normal behavior. It's because that person is so bent in their mind. We can talk about it all we want. And everything that you're saying is accurate. But we've had this conversation months ago. And... Yeah. Real action hasn't taken place. So my question to you is, what is it going to take and how do you plan to hold yourself accountable? Oh, it's easy. She breaks up with me enough. I just exit when she dismisses me. It's been quite simple. Uh, I told you that I've, I've, I've experimented. I haven't taken any action towards anyone else yet, but I let other women kind of give me their uh, perspective. And, and, and it seems like all the things that I'm yearning for that are missing in this relationship are simply because she doesn't feel those things for me. And I get it. I mean, but notice how even in this, yeah. you are giving her the control. So I asked you, what do you plan to do? And how do you plan to hold yourself accountable? And you immediately said, oh, yeah, when she breaks up with me, then she uh, already has. I mean, I'm there. She's already broken up with me. She's uh, played but this has me for been the an ongoing time. thing, right? No, she 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 did the she did the worst, I think, and she won't give me the respect that I think someone deserves after dating someone for months uh, deserves. Um, but you also told me this four months ago. Yeah, so you I mean, also told me this four months ago. You guys had some kind of an altercation and also you were like, this is it. No, I really think this is it. This is it. And here we are four months after the fact having the same exact conversation. So what I'm trying to help you understand is that this cycle could go on forever. I mean, there's people that literally have lived lives in this, not, in this though. exact state. Not if we I break up, it. we come back, they're my kryptonite, they get into other relationships, they're constantly cheating with that back, you know, with that a person they left behind, knowing good and well that that person can't offer them or doesn't want to offer them anything significant, and knowing good and well that the person that they're with is good. But it's like this roller coaster that never ends. It, it takes somebody, in this case I would suggest it be you, because we're having this conversation, right? We're having yeah. it with you, not with her. That you take a much more active approach to your future. How is it okay for you to let your future rest in her hands? Right. So the question is, what you going to do? I told you, I, I'm going to change it up. She already knows what it is. I mean, the relationship isn't going to be a uh, pursuit of romance. It's just going to kind of be, you know, uh, actual factual what it is. Um, the romantic relationship has to end because um, I have demands and I know what I want. I made it clear to her, just like I told you, I kind of went out this weekend uh, and I was able to experiment and just see that it's it's not broke. Like what I need is valid um, because it's what I need and I know myself. Uh, I don't have to waver on myself. The more that I reconsider 
what I need, the worse any relationship I have is going to be. And that's what I'm thankful for experiencing in this whole ordeal is that I know that I'm going to be able to have a stronger connection to the person that I deem uh, worthy for me. Yeah, if you're not too scarred by the end of it all. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that's been my biggest uh, worry in this whole thing is not carrying this person's toxic trash into my next relationship. Amen to that. Yeah, because, I mean, she's she's definitely obviously damaged. And the way that she approaches me is indicative of, of that damage and that hurt. Uh, and I, I, I probably want to save her because I can see it, but I know I can't. It's it's something that's beyond me, and it's not something that you can band-aid up for uh, a few months. It's going to be years. I mean, at the end of the day, like, if, if uh, a couple of the concerns that you've mentioned that she has shared, mm-hmm. for example, your ability to provide to the standards that she wants and all those things, those are things that might not might very well not change drastically for a few years. I mean, you don't know, right? You can't predict mm-hmm. that you can actively work towards a betterment in, let's say, your, uh, you know, your wealth, mm-hmm. but that would take time so even if you guys were to stay together just try to visualize what that would mean i mean can you visualize yourself coming home every day to Mm -hmm. you be you guys being in an apartment and her having had a house and her constantly reminding you of the fact that she's totally miserable she gave up everything for you and her life is worse off because of it like is that something that you no that's not gonna happen i i could totally see that uh being the path that we go down uh, it, it reminds me, like I was telling you, I've been uh, spending pretty lavishly. I cut her off a couple of weeks ago. And that's kind of why I re-upped or doubled down. Because when I stopped spending the way that she was used to sp- having money spent, she started reacting negatively. You know, she started doing things that I didn't like. Just like I told you, uh, the events that led me to having my freedom this last weekend. I think that I know that if you want someone in your life, you don't let them have that kind of freedom. Um, Not that you have to be controlling, but you put your stake in the ground, right? No? No, I I mean, I get what you're saying, but it seems like... Because I went nuts on on her birthday. I I, I spent OD and I told you, I I really... And which I don't think, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I also think that I also think that you get to a point where you start to analyze whether your efforts are one worth it or and two reciprocated. I mean, they're definitely not reciprocated, and I think because they're not reciprocated, they're not worth it. Right. So, what what is the incentive? What has been the ongoing incentive for you to stay in this relationship in the condition that it's in? Because it does not sound even with months passing that things have. No, in, in recent months, I told you the last two months have been rubbish, but it started, I feel, it really felt a lot like love. The first couple of months, I mean, it really did feel like we were on to something very special. It really did feel that way. But so much has happened and so much disappointment, in my opinion, has happened. I don't. I just don't believe anymore. I told you that it's changed me. I think the damage to me that I'm walking away from this is that my goals, my goals that were before this person have changed significantly. You know about, uh, I think we've talked about it. Uh, I think you said that you saw some posts uh, where I was talking about marriage and children. Uh, Those are two goals that I had for myself. And I mean, I don't think I'm feeling those anymore. 
I mean, I really don't. I don't. It might I don't be think something temporary. It. it might be something that is a direct result of the experiences that you have had. It might change. I'm just saying. Yeah. Keep yourself open. Don't make it like a die hard. I'm done with this and I'm done with that. Keep yourself open because you don't know. You also, again, don't want to be that person that if you were open to it before and now because of this you weren't open to it that if you the day of tomorrow get into a nice healthy relationship and that girl mm. models a lot of what you wanted before don't let it be that which you i don't want to be an old dad sarah something about that scares I, I, me. I find it hard to believe that four months ago you wanted to be a dad and now you don't want to be an old dad four months later that doesn't make any sense well i feel like if we, had, if we were yeah. having this conversation three years after the fact and you're like, oh my God, I've moved, I've gotten sick, I've gotten old, things hurt. That would make sense. But this is something that has happened recently. It's, That's such it's a okay good point. to react. Yeah. It's okay to react. It's natural. Just I keep think yourself I was denying open. it, though. I do feel like I would be an old dad. I think at 30, I felt like, man, like uh, pushing that 50 mark, I want to be younger with my kids a little bit. I don't want to be an 18 year old father. But I mean, but is it is 30. it is it more about age than it is about the state that you're in? Like it is the physical age. state that you're in? This the the state that I'm in is bad, but it is about age. It really, really is. But if you were a healthy, vibrant man, mm-hmm. even at forty, how would that like I'm not seeing where that would really inhibit you from enjoying your child? It's, I mean, think about it, right? Yeah. So let, let's let's look at the time frame here, right? Okay. Once your kid is 10, 11 years old, he doesn't want to deal with you. So if you had a kid at 40, if, honestly, if you had a kid at 40 and yeah. you enjoy the first 10 years, after that, you're kind of like, like this is not the kid. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's becoming a, he's a preteen or she's a preteen. Then they become a teenager. They start develop, developing who they are and who they are going to be and who they are going to be. So... The the chances are you're not gonna be out literally playing, like key ball. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not understanding. It, it becomes less physical. It becomes less physical maintenance. Yeah. As they get older, right, and it becomes more emotional and mental, and that support versus when they're little, little, where you physically have to run around them, physically make sure they don't get electrocuted because they're putting their fingers in the socket, like those kinds of things, right? Let Once me that's tell over, you something. Her. The, the woman in this relationship, her 13-year-old's pretty attached. Like, this kid's going to be 14 this month or next. And, I mean, he's still in that, like, 8-year-old phase kind of as far as attachment to the parent. But and whose fault is that, though? Is that something that... I don't want to that... say it's a fault, but it's, it's kind of a fear. Like, as a man and with a, a, a kid, if it was a boy especially... But I who would allow to be that attached? <laughs> and which is perfectly fine, and, right. and probably at, at their age, it probably isn't the healthiest thing, right? right? Given their age. However, whose responsibility is it to foster certain behaviors and certain levels of independence? Parent. When right when when the when the certain age arises and you you know you move forward accordingly, that's the parents' fault. Yeah. So I understand that, and it can be common in cases where it's a split home, right? Yeah that the parent that they stay with they become very attached with or it's the it's the one that they long for right the parent that doesn't live with them so it can kind of happen either way so this isn't necessarily uncommon but it is something that the parents would have to ensure that they do and they instill 
because it's the best interest of the child. Because if you're saying that the kid is 14, 15, and he's at the level of an eight-year-old... I mean, just, like, as far as attachment, like, under under my mommy all the time. Cause right. Because I remember my mother at eight gave me space. Right. She wanted me to have independence. And just seeing it really is one of the things that I factor in and I think about. Right. Um, but that's also because you guys have different parenting styles. Sure. And that's not to say, like... I guess what I'm hearing here is that you are making this experience dictate very permanent things that will encompass much deeper and much worthwhile aspects of your life. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that in a year from now we can have this conversation and you might feel the same. That's okay. Yeah. All I'm saying is I would caution you against allowing this experience to shift so many fundamental decisions. I totally hear you. I'm, I'm just pro- li- literally like processing like... I, I think that because I it, was scared about this years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I just... It's almost like I feel like I have a kid on the way now, right? right. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be old. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just seems like against my plan. With that being said, do I want to be selfish? Is that what that really means? Is that I just want to only look out for me because that's simple or manageable? Is it fear of, of not providing for the kid? You think? I, I mean, I don't know that it's fear. I just think it's more... Why don't you consider allowing it to be something organic versus something so controlled and planned that you're thinking about right now and you haven't gotten there and yeah. you also haven't found a person that even inspires the idea of wanting to do that the right way and wanting to have a healthy family and relationship where you guys both are collaborating and how you want this kid to become an adult like how about you like why not just relax a little bit on that front because there's such again fundamental decisions and just let things kind of just happen organically yeah. now mind you i'm not telling you to be reckless there's a difference <laughs> don't be irresponsible that was, that was, or reckless yeah, yeah, yeah. you should absolutely not be out here on these streets. That was this last summer. Right. You should not be out here on these streets and then just get a random girl pregnant. No. But when you feel ready, let it be something organic. That if you feel it and you assess it and you meditate on it, make the choice that you want based on what your circumstances are at that moment and what your outlook on the future is. Not allowing a negative experience. Now, this is equivalent to the people that say, I will never get married. Well, I, I think I, I'm I in get that camp now, too. Right, but it happens. I got divorced. I will never get married. I don't believe in love. I'm totally jaded. Yeah. La, 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 la. You know, you have the people that say that, and then in the end, they fall in love a few years later, and they're fine. And then you have the people that literally said that when they were 30 and are now 60-year-olds, alone, naked, and afraid. Okay, I got divorced last summer. When I came out of divorce, I jumped into dating, and it was smooth. It was, like, refreshing. It was great. And then six months later, I find myself in this relationship, right? And things were good for the first couple of months, but now it's really my partner. I think, I think maybe you are right. It's just I've, I'm dealing with somebody that's so toxic, our topic, that that's why you shouldn't deal with a toxic person. But right, because it taints too Everything. many things. It's it just death. taints your life, and you have to just... Be cautious because imagine all of these sentiments. Can you imagine going or a girl meeting you and hearing you should be like, forget that. At best, you'll be in the friend zone, if that. 
like nobody's really gonna you know like mm. that's it's not comforting like nobody wants to go into nobody with genuine sentiments and feelings about what they're going into is gonna want to go into something where they know you're already like the downer but why would you want honey have you considered kids mm. i mean i guess if you want no i wouldn't say that i would be like no way right right or if not you're gonna be like why would you want to do that oh my god why would you you know how old you're gonna be then that's the negative nancy hey yeah. you can't take away Man, this person's making me negative Right, like you can't take away what somebody else may want or may desire, especially because the person controlling the strings here is another person. It's not even really you. Yeah. Like, again, I'm just saying, if you feel this way a year from now, let it be because Brian, in his own right, and in all his glory, mm-hmm. made the decision, the conscious choice, not as a, result, not as a reaction to... Yeah. Oh my God, look at this bad bubble. Yeah. How can I get away from it? How can I just change everything that even remotely reminds me of that? Because I feel like that's what's happening now. This is making you, it's almost like associated to so many things, right? Because it's a relationship, i.e. marriage and family and kids and like all of that. That it's like everything is tied to that. Everything, when you think about it, it feels like it's tied and or associated with it. And that's why there's the initial and constant like, no. I, that's not what I want. It's funny. It's really ironic because it's almost as if you're preemptively visualizing what your life could be like and you're actively now saying no to what you almost visualize your life would be like were you to stay with this person. You're saying the mistake that I would have made or could have made. Right. Like if you were to sit here yeah. and stay with this person, yeah. I could see because that's what it... It's fear. In yeah. sensing that, I sense that in what you're saying and how you say it. I think that's that's pretty accurate. Like, I'll be doggoned if I let this person take me under. So I'm protecting myself in my moment of awareness. Right. Yeah. So, for example, when it comes to children, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm a psychic. Maybe this would not be the best person to yeah. Yeah. casually have a child with. Yeah. For many reasons, yeah. right? This Maybe this would be somebody you might not want to dive into. You know, yeah, head absolutely. first into a permanent situationship, like you call it, <laughs> a permanent relationship, i.e., marriage. So, so when dealing with someone toxic, what are the easiest ways to move away from that person? Because I know my game plan strategy, um, cold turkey is the is like the nuclear bomb. I think yeah. of uh, uh, of it for many reasons, probably because it's the most effective. But uh, in subtly trying to do it. It's probably failure. So what happens is that with the with the cold turkey approach, it feels like the hardest, right? It fe- it feels like the most damaging. Oh my god, I'm dying. I miss them so much. It feels like the hardest, but it's almost like that band aid approach. So you rip it off, and it feels ho- it feels terrible. It's painful, yeah. but if you think about it, the pain subsides fairly quickly thereafter. Versus, if, it if, metastasizing if, it? Right. If anyone's had surgery, for example, yeah. and they put the gauze, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Some of these nurses in, God bless their hearts. Mm. Some of these nurses, when they see that you're paying, or they're used to dealing with very kind of finicky patients for whatever, they'll, like, take it off. And let me tell you, the gauze, 
I'm sure some people that are listen, you know, that are listening will will understand this. The gauze, it sticks to your skin as it's healing from the bottom up. It forms almost like, almost like a glue of sorts, almost yeah. like this fluid that it's almost gluey in nature. Yeah. When it sticks to that gauze, mm. and it's almost like yellowish. It's it's something that your body produces when it's mm. healing. Some of these nurses will try to go like, eat, eat, like little by little by little. And it's like, one, the pain, right? It may be feel like less. But the anticipation and the visual reminder of seeing it as it's like slowly yeah. coming off. And then it's just like nasty to look at also, right? It almost, feel, it almost creates this like extra level of stress for the person, for the patient. And I know this because I used to work in the medical field. Yeah. It creates this like level of stress that's like unnecessary versus when she's just like, oh, play with your phone. You feel it a little bit? Okay. They went, oh, I'm done. So the, the, the cold turkey approach, again, feels like the worst thing in life. It feels like it'll be the end of you, right? But it often is, it sometimes can be the healthiest form. The slower form where you kind of ease out of it, the, 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 the good side. Up. They're still kind of right. seeing each other. The, the good side to that is that if you do it right, doing it slowly might give you the closure that you need. A lot of times when you go cold turkey, in just, in just taking the really rash closure. decision, you don't give yourself the space. And granted, not everybody needs to have that last conversation or that last sit down or that last text where you get closure. But a lot of people do because then they have that. It stays unresolved. Yeah. When you kind of go slowly, if you kind of structure it right, you can have those conversations little by little or just one last conversation and you can get that closure that you quote-unquote feel that you need. Because a lot of times, if you go cold turkey, the person may retaliate by being like, oh, you did this to me? Well, I don't want to have anything to do with it either. So you're kind of both stuck in the air. Yeah, this whole toxicity. You make the other person toxic enough to tolerate the separation, right? Right. And so it's it's a it's a it's a problem either way. I think both of them, both of, of the approaches have their upside and they have their downside. I think what it really boils down to is the level of emotional tolerance and intelligence and maturity that the person has. So people that tend to be a little bit more on the needy side, mm-hmm. you know, what what society would label as needy mm-hmm. would likely not be able to do cold turkey. Because they would need to have that closure, have that attachment to some degree, even if it got to be less and less and less, they would need to have that to some degree. Other people that can be just stone cold Mm -hmm. or other people that are really like, this is going to be the end of me if I don't cut it off, can make the decision to make it, you know, one and done and that's it. I think the downside to keeping a physical relationship with somebody that you're not with is that the reality is that you are still going to be energetically attached to that person Mm. there's no way to really cut it off if you are experiencing the most intimate and intricate thing that two people can experience so you can try to you know you can try to finagle it as much as you want but eventually you're gonna go home there'll be days where you'll be thinking about the person you know more than you would had you done a cold turkey 
there'll be the phone calls, right? In preparation, there'll be I called you today. And that's this more week. stress. Exactly. Those phone calls where you're exactly. you're you're kvetching right. and you're talking about, oh, we should have did this, we should have did that. And I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even the coordination, think about it, right? Like let's say you have a hookup, right? But yeah. you were with them in a relationship. Let's say one week you know, you guys were able to link up six days and they kept that up for three weeks. Oh, let it be that fourth week. And then they only see you three days. Then they days. disappear. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden it sends you into a tailspin. And it shouldn't, right? Because technically you've agreed to just be booty calls. Ooh. But, but at that point, you really can't come back to the fact, from the fact that you shared so much more. It's yeah. hard. It is It's hard. just really, really hard. Yeah, it is. Some people have been successful, but most people have not. That's a really good point. So what about the final stage? Um, how do you, moving on. Like, uh, you suggested something that I did not like, but I'm, I don't think I can do it either. Um, the whole detox thing. I think you absolutely can do it, and more than... I, 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 I'm at, I need some physical contact. More if than... this person's gone, this person's gone. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately... I like I said, I don't want to be toxic to the next woman that I, I, I bring into the fold. Um, I'm I'm really like in my head about it where I know that there's gonna be someone else that I'm gonna entertain and I really want to entertain that person. I just don't wanna be toxic to her. I really wanna uh be in the middle. I think you said that's a good emotional intelligence. It's just not being jaded and toxic myself, scarred from this experience. Um, and so respectful. You'll definitely have scars. Now, whether you allow mm. these scars, you there's there's no way to really not have the scar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are human beings after all. The only way to do it is to understand what those scars are, know where they come from, and not allow them. Take the good, because in every experience, there's something good that you can take out. There's something like, okay, should I be better about protecting myself? Should I be a better communicator? Should I tolerate less? Should I be more self-confident? There's always something you can take from it. But you have to take that good, bring it in, but you have to understand that if there is bad there, which obviously a scar results from something bad, that you have to make a conscious choice not to allow that to come into the next relationship. And a lot of that is, again, developing those higher levels of emotional intelligence where you can actually pick up the triggers that would naturally make that come afloat and be able to pick up on when you are at that point where, oh, this is bubbling up. This is bubbling Hmm. Yeah. This 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 right here, like me seeing her getting a drink at the bar, and the guy says, "Oh, hey, ma'am, let me move over," and and you overreacting about that. An emotionally intelligent person on the higher levels would be able to. Okay, whoa! Did I just get jealous over something that I literally just made that up? Like you literally are having this internal talk. I literally just made that up. Brian, slow your roll. Don't make a fool out of yourself. This is totally. What you experienced, she has given me no indicator of that. I need to fall back. See, I think I told you this in the beginning stages. I've never dealt with jealousy. I've never been jealous of any partner I've ever had in, in all of my relationships. And I don't think that I've gone too crazy on this person as far as jealousy, but I definitely uh, recognize in the beginning because of the circumstances um, Jealousy draws no one near. Jealousy is not something that you can have to embrace someone if you really want it. So um, 
I don't know. I, I guess in moving forward, uh, it's like you say, identifying those triggers, identifying those uh, negative emotions. Um, but how do you, how does one, what do you do? Take a class? Like, not that, okay. Because <laughs> I well, mean, seriously, like, a tool, I know this is going to sound cliche, but a tool that is helpful for a lot of people, honestly, is therapy. This is trauma. This is this uh, is uh, after a sick relationship. I, I got I got this is traumatic. This has been, but you'd be surprised. And let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if what you've experienced in this relationship mm-hmm. ends up being even more enduring in a negative way than your marriage was. Because even wow, in you describing yeah. it, you didn't even describe your marriage. This is traumatic. We, it wasn't. This is trauma for you. Yeah, yeah. This has true. been traumatic for you. That's true. So. This has been the this has been that relationship. Correct. Because uh, I haven't. This had one it scarred you. Yes, this one scarred you even more so than your marriage. It seems to me, based on what you're saying. Yeah. So again, therapy. Some people hire a life coach. Fantastic as VLE coaching. That's right. Got your back. Other hourly people. Hourly rates. Hourly rates. Are we going to drop those by, hourly, per case? <laughs> hour, hour, hourly rate. You will see the all the packages on the website. All right. Take a look. See what they offer, and I'm here to help. Okay. But. In addition to that, um, it's important for you to to detox. That's that's important. Like that's so. That's am important. I being toxic if I'm hooking up with people? Um, like in a week or two, like if 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 I, you're not being toxic. It just shows that you have a void. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what that, that makes shows. me feel better. Like like that absolutely. What is it? The easy and it might not be true, but I think in my experience. The easiest way to get over someone is to get un- under I mean, somebody. Because I mean, I know else. after my divorce, it was months, and I know that I was definitely ready, and uh, it really helped me because I, I I have had friends experience divorce, and the ones that don't make it out successfully are the ones that spend months and they they they're isolated, and they still have that attachment to that person that. Uh, was 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 their spouse before and i guess that was how i coached myself through i didn't want to be attached to my ex-wife if she stopped being my wife but that also demonstrates that there's a much deeper problem where you naturally it's like a drug you're self-soothing with physical intimacy yeah, yeah. And it's not really intimacy. That that wouldn't in the way that you're describing it, that wouldn't be it's considered physical, intimate. It's, it's just physical connection. It's a physical connection that means you are using it to mm-hmm. soothe. Yeah. It's catharsis. Right. And so that in and of itself speaks to a much bigger problem that you'd need to address. I mean, because you could very well still be engaged with other people, have a, a very active social life without it having to be the constant like, I'm looking at you for this purpose. I don't think I'm. I don't think I objectify people to that extent. But yes, I, I, I. Like I said, I know it helped me so much. After I got divorced, I, I I had met somebody, and it really helped take my mind off of my past trauma, and I was able. To, I felt like I was thriving. Like I. I mean, I got out here a few months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear what you're saying. Um, that might not be the healthiest option. And you think given the dynamics of this relationship, it would really not serve me well to um, dive into my drug of choice. 
to that's, start to start shooting up hookup right now. That's what's gonna happen. Now, granted, in this society, extremely liberal Western society, the whole hookup game has become ever more common and accepted. So, granted, there are plenty of people out there, especially in in these areas like we are here, you know, up in in the Mid Atlantic, that that they almost prefer that. I mean, there's a ton of articles that have come out about women making that shift, right? Before, years ago, it was always like, we just want to be, you know, casual and the women always turn it that way. Now, there's a ton of articles. Yeah, now there's a ton of articles showing that women are very much like, meh, you know, I can really do without. So, if, if you were, I'm not knocking you finding somebody who had, the same outlook or who maybe had experienced something of their own that they were in the same headspace as you and you guys just satisfying that is it the healthiest way the emotionally mature way to go about it no will it soothe you temporarily sure but that doesn't take away that when everything is stripped and said and done you're still going to be back at the same place just know that you can do that for six months you can do that for eight months but in a year or two or three or five or ten you're still you're you're gonna be Sarah, back exactly here. I don't want to think that this uh, relationship dissolving is me going back to the trauma of my divorce. Listen, like I said, I think that this one has surpassed. If you have described to me, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you have, if you have described your divorce and this relationship both in accurate terms. It appears to me that this has caused more trauma in your life, this experience, than even your divorce did. As yeah. a matter of fact, you didn't even describe your ex-wife the way that you have described. You didn't. You never My described her was character. A very good woman. She was good to me. She wasn't um, deceptive. She wasn't sneaky. She was warm. Um, and I know our relationship. Um, it it ended. Uh, abruptly but i mean it wasn't yeah we didn't go through all this drama like the happiness was absolutely there like like we were happy it's just that you know events happened and it came to a a, a halt we had to end it so i mean i hear your point yeah deep it's real deep, deep. it's real deep um okay so, I mean, I think that we kind of covered um, negativity uh, um, and toxicity, what that really is, how it affects us, uh, ways that we can uh, um, acknowledge those behaviors, how we can kind of uh, begin um, uncoupling is what I call it. Have you ever heard that term, uncoupling? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then what you do to uh, walk away and move on. I think that's all the phases of the toxic relationship. Do you think that, um, before we end, do you think that it's in how the relationship starts that introduces the toxicity? People say that, and uh, and you could argue that On the front two end? people that are not, that come into a relationship, a dynamic, right? Such as a relationship that are not, emotionally healthy can't right so there i don't want to say can't because that's not the right word but have a an exponentially harder time shifting that into something positive because they're coming into it having to battle their own 
issues, right? Let alone trying to build something. It's like the age old saying, I, you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So how can I give you or build something healthy when I'm not healthy? Right? You could argue that. I hate the cop out. And that's how you know you don't plan on contributing anything to a re- relationship. When you say, um, oh my God, I just lost a thought. Yeah. Um, um. So you could, I mean, in essence, you could argue that. That's how you start. You know, you go into a relationship. Um, I think your particular scenario is, is complex. And mm-hmm. complex in a way that it should have been a, probably a little bit clearer that you'd kind of be here at this point. Um, Do your own work. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah. We've talked about that before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's an absolute cop-out when you say, do your own work. That's how you break up with somebody. When you say, I just I, I just need to work on me right now. I need to just stay focused on my goals. Right. I mean, that's just... No one had... I don't think... It, do you think it's an excuse to be selfish? Do you think that we should ever have... Yeah, do you think that there's I mean, an appropriateness to being selfish once you've engaged? I mean, I broke up with my ex like that, the one that you met. Yeah. I mean, he acted inappropriately. Even though he wanted and very actively pursued trying to fix it, I, that 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 was very easily what I That's said. That's more I was of a deal breaker, though. I mean, I think for some people, ch- you'd be surprised how what? many people go back. You'd be surprised how many people go back. I think I'm dealing with that now, but I haven't been confronted with the truth of it. So I mean, okay, like, right? So I mean, like. Do your own work. I think that's the ultimate cop out. It's kind of like. Uh, but if it's true, I it's have true. Free reign. Is it a cop it? Is it a cop out if it's true though? It's an excuse. Oh, yes, I mean it could be true, but don't you think it's a, a valid, open ended excuse to end? Re- I mean, I've done it before where I've said, "I just need to work on me right now. I need to do this and that." It's not and you. It's, it's like, me. <laughs> there we go. Right? Like it's we 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 do that as as a form of convenience. I mean. I, I think I think that it has, throughout time, it has become a cop-out. But I think that at its origin, it really started because it was true. Absolutely. You know what I, I mean? I think at its onset, I, I it started think as something truthful. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. It is pure. It's absolute. Yeah. But we bastardize it. Yeah. And we use it as a pass as a, and as an excuse. But yeah, I think in its essence, in its sincerest form, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's valid, but... So what what does this mean for you? I mean, how do you how do you come out of this conversation that we've had? Oh, I'm how definitely not going to use the excuse. I mean, I just it's already there. Um, I'm moving forward. Um, I'm exploring my options. Um, and I mean, if anything, you set your standards higher, which kind of is 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 the benefit at the end of the day. It's looking for. Obviously, you don't want to do worse. Like going through heartache for something that's lesser. You don't want to be in a worse situation. I don't want, I'm not going to be in a worse situation. I mean, not for nothing. Cheap Brian was better Brian. That was a better version. I thought so. Cheap Brian was a better version. If we had known. I win. I win. That's all I we, wanted. That's all I, I wanted. Me and the listeners, if we had known yeah. that Brian 2.0 right. was going to do and say Thank and experience you. all of this, Thank I think you. we all could agree we'd have kept Cheap Brian. Thank you. I, I agree. I mean, I thought I, and, and let I, it be noted, listeners, please. here is Brian, probably 20 pounds lighter. Oh, it's more than that. Which you know, <laughs> look at that, 30 pounds lighter, right? Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. for most people is a thrilling fact sure, sure. to admit to. Mm-hmm. And it puts you, you know, you feel like you're on top of the world. And really, he's not any happier, I got to say. He might make a point. But 
like I said, we're going to ride again. Um, that happiness is around the corner, and I am encouraged um, because this is my momentum swing. I told you I've I've really plotted this out. Uh, I think that the things that I want to do are probably uh, problematic at, at some point, still hooking up with a toxic uh, partner uh, as a crutch. You'd be better off hooking up away. with somebody random. Yeah, exactly. As long as you were safe. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for, for mental... Absolutely. You know, for mental reasons, for your mental sanity, I think you'd be better if you had to do it, which I, I still I wouldn't recommend. I can't do the detox, man. I, I'm addicted. I can't do the detox. Okay, well, if you felt like you couldn't do it, I would pr- I'd go as far as saying you'd probably be better off with a random person that where there was no attachment, where there was no link, yeah. where there was no past yeah. than you are with her because she started if this was a noble girl like for example the way you've just described your ex-wife if you told me right now you know what i went to visit my hometown i kind of hooked up with my ex-wife you know we we understood we understood what it was but i'm just saying right like because you she doesn't have the same character flaws that you described about her that are so significant and detrimental at the same time yeah and i must be like what you know, yeah. two good people. But this one, I gotta stay away good, from. Two good, responsible it. people, but ugh. everybody from 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 uh, pretty early on, it's been run, run, run. So I guess I'm gonna go ahead and put on those track shoes. And... Okay, well, let's just. And I don't want to call you out, but you had the same conversation with me four months ago. I don't know if we're gonna be having this conversation again four months from now. I don't. I, I Maybe really, we'll be I, having our Christmas episode talking about Sarah. I just had to. I'm so girl. I'm sorry. I just couldn't hold it in. I had to go back. Why do I sound more like a fiend every time we come back to the table? You is look, that because you're addicted? This is totally. This is a drug. This is your drug. This is your kryptonite. This yeah, is your drug. Absolutely, she is. Yeah. This is your drug. This she is, is why. Random girl. She is absolutely that. And upon meeting her, I could uh, perceive that. Yeah. She. Yeah. This is your kryptonite. So no. again, let's see what happens during our holiday right opening the holiday season during our holiday pre-episode no no that's the title where we're at so see where we're at this episode is entitled kryptonite there you go so as we sign off uh sarah do you have anything that you want to drop listen thank you guys for listening i encourage you and everyone else that you can share this with to listen to this podcast brian does an amazing job and he's really trying to bring truth and awareness to our community you can always find me on svlecoaching.com. The same handle is on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Once again, that is svelitecoaching.com. And if you need to talk to me directly, the phone number is 305-914-6599. And as you already know, you can get me on Instagram, Twitter. I'm Chubby Idris Elba. Uh, definitely going to have some more updates, more episodes, uh, more truth. Uh, Until the next episode, peace. The Modern Black Man Podcast. The Modern Black Man Podcast.